0: Well, last week we started a series called Dream Big for God. And we were talking about Jacob and, and his son Joseph, and actually the, the, the 12 sons. But uh, some of you left here quite wide-eyed open, with you know, your mouths hanging down, going, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Um, probably the first person that you saw when you left here, you, you probably said, you're not going to believe what we heard at church today. I'm definitely coming back next week. Well, I'm glad you're here because you're definitely going to enjoy this story too. I mean, it's just like a Hollywood movie or something, uh, R-rated at times. This it, is what's in the Bible. And so we're going we're gonna to get right into the story. If you remember, uh, last week we talked about Joseph... And how he was sort of a favored son, a spoiled favored son at age 17. And we left him with his brothers selling him into slavery. So the caravan goes off to be sold into slavery. Now we are going to pick up the story when he is a slave and talk about the the dream of a slave today. So we're looking at Genesis 39 verses 1 through 4. Actually, you may want to open up the Bible because I'm going to be referring to a, a few places around that. You can find it on page 41, right at the beginning, pretty much at the beginning of the Bible uh, in, in Genesis. Incidentally, I said last week that most of the Old Testament stories that you can bring to mind are found in Genesis. So it's a really important book uh, in terms of our, uh, the stories that we know from the Old Testament. So let's pick it up at Genesis 39, uh, verses 1 through 4. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. Speak to us, Lord, through your holy word. And may this witness to your word be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how many of you are just flat out tired of winter? A few of you. Has it has it sort of gotten to you? Are you finding yourself a little shorter than you usually are? Or a little more depressed? A little, little negative? Yeah, yeah, that, that happens. And I, I know that if you're not one of those people that... Um, get affected by that, you know people who are. That just they just seem to be uh, it seems to have a negative impact on people. Like, oh great, more snow coming, more freezing ice and, and, and rain. Great. You know, you just in your longing for winter and it doesn't seem like life is going to be life until spring. But you know that that has a negative thing. Well for those of you who have a negative impact or if, if winter has a negative impact, I want to remind you of something that actually is true. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> when I was up in the mountains of North Carolina on vacation, I saw a T-shirt that had this on it. that had this on. It. there it is. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, except bears. Bears <laughs> will kill you. Don't want to run into bears. It's sort of something you need to know. Look at this next slide. Bear attack, attack tip. If attacked, play dead. It will be good practice for you when you actually die a couple <laughs> minutes later. <laughs> or how about this one? The bear is talking. I don't always kill things, but when I do, it's because they were things and I'm a bear. So what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Unless it's a bear, a bear will kill you. Well, fortunately, we're probably not going to run into a bear today. But we will have difficult things in life where we struggle. And it is important to understand that places of growth in our life are when things become difficult. Not easy. There's not much growth when easy, when when our life is easy, uh, you know I, I I love to play chess. Actually, there's a member of our church's names Burl Weiss. He and I have been playing chess every week for the, the over nine years. It's hard to believe, but uh, sometimes he wins, sometimes I win. But um, the interesting thing about those chess games is when I win, I don't learn much. But when I lose. That's when I learn. I learn what I did wrong. And so when I lose, I actually have an opportunity to get better. How many of you have ever had that wonderful opportunity of riding a bicycle into the wind? That's kind of tough, isn't it? But when the wind is at your back, man, you feel like you can just fly. I remember a few, a few years back, I was riding my bike and on the uh, um, Mississippi uh, uh, trail there, a bike trail that goes up. And I, I made it all the way to Albany. So that's a long haul up there. And I was at a gas station that overlooks the, the river and enjoying a Coke. And, and I look, I, I, I notice that the wind is kicking up a little bit. And I look off into the distance and the sky is black. And I thought to myself, you know, I really didn't check the forecast. And it sure looks like a storm is heading this way. And so I got back on the bike and I took off to try to beat the storm, which, you know, obviously you're going to beat a storm on a bike. Uh, But an interesting thing happened that day. That storm, I, I rode that front all the way back to East Moline, and the wind on that storm pushed me the whole way. It was, it was one of the coolest rides, one of the fastest rides, one of the easiest rides I'd ever had. With that, I wouldn't recommend it <laughs> because before I got in the car, it started raining and sleeting and hailing on me. But um, it, was, it was good while it lasted. But I didn't get much exercise because I was riding that that uh, that wind like riding downhill where you get exercise is when you're riding into the wind or riding uphill so the the places of growth in our life where we become stronger is when life is difficult i'm sorry that i have to say that but that certainly is is true now there were was, was some difficult things in Joseph's life, but first let's think of his dad. If you turn to page 40 in the Bible, uh, there you will uh, you'll see the, the ramifications of his sons selling Joseph into slavery. His brothers selling brother, their, their young brother, who was the favored one. They were jealous. They hated him. They sold him into slavery. Okay, how are we going to tell dad? What are we going to tell dad? And if you look down in um, verse 30, uh, or actually 29, uh, well let's just go, let's go to let's go to 31. They bring Joseph's robe. Remember, they they stripped Joseph of his robe, and they basically put blood all over the robe, kind of tore it up. Made it a mess. And uh, so on verse 31, they said, Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it and see whether it is your son's robe. That's how, that's how they told their dad. That's what they told their, their dad. He recognized it and said, It's my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, sign of grieving, intense grieving, put on sackcloth and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. Isn't it interesting that Joseph's favorite status even continued into his presumed death? So the ramifications of what had happened were, were, were intense for Joseph's family as the brothers had now to live with a lie the rest of their lives. But then we pick up the story with uh, 17-year-old Joseph being sold into slavery, and he, in essence, begins working for, he's bought by a, a, the, an official of the pharaoh, the uh, officer of the guard, the captain of the guard, and uh, he is doing quite well. He's a man of integrity. When If anybody could uh, uh, be despondent about their negative situation, imagine what it would be like. To be a favored child at 17 and then sold into slavery. You know, if anybody it could be negative, it could be Joseph. But he ended up doing the best he could in the process, learning uh, some incredible things about household management and finance uh, as, as he uh, continued, as, you know, as it says that Joseph found favor in, in the eyes of Potiphar and became his attendant. Potiphar. Put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Potiphar just went on his merry way and let Joseph take care of everything. Because he was gifted and the Lord was with him. Even though he was a slave, even though he was in a situation that he didn't want to be in. He, his life had taken a, a turn for the, the worse. He continued to improve who he was and, get, and, and would get stronger. Now... Remember last week when we uh, w- did, the, the, as a congregation, did explanations, oohs and ahs or whatever the response is? I want you to do that again today as we look at the text on page 41 and uh, we pick up the story where, where Joseph is, is uh, being very successful. Look at verse 6. So Potiphar left everything. Are you there? Are you ready there? Okay, chapter 39, verse 6 of Genesis. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Hmm. That's pretty nice, isn't it? All right. Ready for this? This is where it turns Hollywood major soap opera or whatever. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. There you go. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Ooh. This is why I'm reading it to you, because you never believed me that it was in the Bible. <laughs> But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then? How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Hmm. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. All right. All right, Joseph. One day, he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. Oh. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. <gasps> but he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. You say yea. But do you know what was underneath the cloak? Uh-oh. Nothing! <laughs> this, is, this is the first documented streaking event. <laughs> <laughs> but he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that, she, that he had left his cloak in her hand and, and had run out of the house, she called her Household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When, when he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak bes- beside her until his master... Came home. Uh oh. Then she told him this story That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me, but as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. So Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoner were, prisoners were confined. Oh. And that's where we leave the story today. But before we leave it, I just want to point out some things to you. Joseph's life had taken a turn from the worst. He had gone from a a favored son of Jacob to now he was sold into slavery. He excelled. He learned. He became stronger. He became a very important person uh, in Potiphar's eyes, but he was a man of integrity who sought diligently not to sin against God. (laughs) See, the dreams of Joseph, it could be said, were the same things that that uh, led his brothers to sell him into slavery. But he had he had dreams. Even, even a dream, even a slave has a dream. And 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 now he finds himself as a slave, but even that turns south, and he then is thrown in a prison. Potiphar's wife. She obviously is somebody who's into power. She knew she had power over this good-looking slave and wanted wanted him. When he would not respond, she turned to sexual harassment. And when he would not respond to that, she turned to total destruction. She knew that telling Potiphar that that, uh, um, that Joseph was, tra- was trying to, to make a move on her would be a death sentence. And Potiphar had that power. He could have killed Joseph. But for some reason, and I think we know the reason, I think Potiphar knew Joseph's integrity and he probably knew his wife's lack of integrity. To save face... He didn't kill Joseph, he put Joseph in prison. But I want you to remember, who's the captain of the guard? Potiphar. So who would have control over what happens in prison? Potiphar. Joseph, not only in the situation that he wanted to be, kept his integrity. The vision of of who God had made him to be was still with him and still strong. And even though everything else was literally, literally stripped away from him. Remember, when he lost that favored status as a son and was sold into slavery, his robe was (coughs) stripped off of him. When he lost that favored status as a slave, that cloak was stripped off of him. And even though it was all gone, his integrity and his belief in God was intact. You know, we've talked about the comparisons between Joseph's story and Jesus's story. But if you remember with that stripped robe, it's exactly what happened to Jesus before he was put on the cross and they gambled for that for that robe. He was betrayed for, for coins of silver, pieces of silver, just like Joseph. So what are some of the things that we can take from this? Like I mentioned earlier, each and every one of us are probably going through some, some difficulty in life right now. And maybe it's a big one. Maybe you're, you're looking at, at, at what you're facing and you're thinking, where is God? God? In this situation in my life. I, I try to live for God and look what's happening to me. And it would be easy to get negative And turn your back on God. One thing Joseph did. As he was going from here. Down to here. And now we see him going to prison. Is that he never turned his back on God. If Joseph had not gone through what he is going through and that we're explaining right now, God could not used have used him in a mighty, mighty way to save the people of Israel. And, and next week we'll we'll get into that, about how how that happened as, as we look at the dreams of a prisoner. But right now, I just want you to I want you to think about Joseph. And I want you to think about what you're going through in your life. Number one, can you maintain your integrity? And number two, can you remember that you are a child of God of infinite worth? And whatever you're going through, God is there with you. And you, you belong to God. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you belong to God. You are his. And he has a plan for you. And these difficult times that you're going through right now are times that will make you stronger. Amen? And a stronger people of God, we can do greater things for God. My oldest son's birthday is tomorrow. Before Samuel, we had a baby girl who died the day she was born. And I don't know if you've experienced anything like that, but that, that just rips your heart out. But as we, um, every year, Joy and I celebrate Hope's Day, which is her birthday. And as we got together, we talked about because of what we went through with hope, it's made us who we are. It's made us stronger. And it and it makes us value our children all the more. It's true, folks, when you're going through a difficult time, God has the power to make you stronger as a child of God. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for always being with us, even in the difficult times. And I ask that you will be with us as we continue to move forward with the dreams in our lives that you have given us and the dreams of this church that you have given us. And may we always stay on your path. Help us, Lord, to have the strength to to live lives of integrity and also to live lives for you. In Jesus' name I pray.